we're going to stir the pot today. How about a little controversy? How do you cut your risk of COVID death down to zero? Everyone wants to know. I mean, the fear porn is totally out of hand at this point. But there is a way. And I want to talk about it. But I'll warn you, there's good news and there's bad news. Let's go. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at F2T Podcast. Also just started a Rumble and YouTube, so I'll be posting some videos there. Probably post the podcasts once I figure out the editing to put it in video format. So, we are in a bit of a pickle here, because everyone's supposed to be terrified of COVID. Not everyone is, but we're all supposed to be. And there's good news and bad news with my claim of how to cut COVID risk of death to zero. So here's the bad news. The options they have offered, the things that they have told us to do, wear masks, get the vaccines, they don't work. Not like advertised, at least. See, with the masks, we have 100 years of scientific studies going all the way back to the Spanish flu that show they're ineffective at stopping virus particles or water droplets. It's pretty conclusive. But the CDC was going off of studies on mannequins, studies on a couple of hairdressers, studies without a control group, studies that failed peer review in India, or were testing for something completely different. And the lead scientist said, hey, I wasn't even testing for mask effectiveness with this study. Why are you claiming that this supports it? So this podcast is not actually about that. I'm sure I'll get to that at another time. But with the sample size of most of the world, we've proven pretty conclusively that the masks don't stop the spread. Okay. Step two, the shots. This just in from the Robert Koch Institute, might be Koch, German. 95.58% of Omicron cases in Germany are fully vaccinated individuals. 28% of those have been boosted as well. Only 4.42% were unvaccinated. What does that mean? It means it doesn't stop the spread. Now, you can claim all day that it stops serious illness and death. You can claim that. That's fine. Whatever. I happen to know people in the healthcare industry, frontline workers, and they claim that virtually everyone that they're caring for is vaccinated. Any are boosted as well. So the reality is, if your health sucks, shots aren't going to save you. The mask's not going to save you. Okay, and that, that's the bad news. The good news is you can drop your risk of death from COVID to zero if you remove all of your comorbidities, vitamin deficiencies, or anything else that puts you in a high-risk category. Because with these numbers that are coming out, the people who are dying are in poor health in some way, or they're high risk in some way, 
or they're immunocompromised in some way. But if you take a perfectly healthy person and give them COVID, they will not die. It's not going to happen. More likely die from anything else, like pretty much anything else. Okay, so there's two parts of bad news to this. First, some risks are worth it. Example would be pregnancy. I have three children. I absolutely 100% appreciate my wife going through what it took to create a child inside her. And that entire time, you're in a very vulnerable state. You're susceptible to blood clots. You're susceptible to all types of things with a compromised immune system being pregnant. But I'm not here to say that pregnant women are not high risk and therefore have a 0% because they're perfectly healthy. The fact of the matter is you put your body in a state where it's harder to fight off illness and other issues when you're pregnant. It's just the reality. But that is a risk many take. Some people really like to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> you may think it's worth it, but if you're a smoker or an, you have asthma, like that's brutal. My dad, he got COVID in the hospital, almost killed him, and he's had asthma his whole life. So it's no bueno, man. You got to get that stuff under control. And that goes into the unavoidable risks. So if you have something like asthma that you are just born with, you have type 1 diabetes, you have some cancer, you have an autoimmune disorder, your risk is not going to be zero. It's, it's just not going to get there. Sorry. And then obviously advanced age. Life expectancy is 78. If you're 85, your risk of death from COVID can, cannot go to zero. Literally anything can kill you. Once you're at a certain age, your body's not going to fight off anything. So you can do whatever you want to mitigate the risk Try and help yourself, get yourself to a healthy enough state to maybe withstand it. But you have to just understand that once you're at life expectancy, nothing's going to get you to 100, okay? 100% chance of surviving anything. And that's, that's quite a thing, isn't it? That we're trying to blame kids for the death of very advanced age people. I just, I don't understand that. Because, I, I mean, I, I can describe to you my perfect death, and here it is. I'm somewhere in my 70s, and I go visit my family, right, for my great-grandchild's birthday. And I look around, and I see my family. I see my, my children and their children. They're all having a great time, and they sing, and they blow out the candles, and then they bring me a big piece of cake, and then some three- or five-year-old child, one of my descendants, comes up to me and they hand me a, a piece of cake and they give me the cake and a kiss and a cold. And a couple days later, because my body isn't worth anything anymore, I can't fight the cold. And it kills me from a kiss of a little kid, kiss of death. That's something, right? Now, to me, that's a hell of a way to go because I don't want to shrink in a hospital bed for a year or five or lose my mind to dementia. I want to go quick, and I do understand that it will happen at some point. But to me, the perfect death would be a gift from a child 
a cold or a flu. So I would never hide in a room to avoid that. I would be breaking out of the nursing home to go hang out with my family. But that's just me. I'm all about freedom. Some people, you're not ready. And that's cool. Do what you want. But there are some things you can do to get up to that 100%. Take some damn vitamins. Okay. And we're going to combo that with eat your damn vegetables. Because the nutrient density in vegetables is insane. Okay. The amount of antioxidants you can get and the boost to your immune system from taking in some good vegetables are awesome. I mean, you just got to do it. That's like a grown-up thing. Like when you're a kid and you think that grown-up drink is coffee. Then you get a little older and you're like, nah, grown-up drink is beer. And then you get a little older and you're like, oh, grown-up drink is water. Yeah, drink water instead of soda. Eat vegetables. Take vitamins. You need the nutrients to keep your body healthy. Number two, get 10 to 15 minutes of sunlight without sunscreen a day. The vast majority of people who died with COVID or in the hospital with COVID have a massive vitamin D deficiency. And that's the same for like almost every flu. When you have a huge vitamin D deficiency, you're way more susceptible to getting sick. So take vitamin D and get it from the sun, okay? In the south, a lot of people have a flu surge in the summer because it's so hot. They stay indoors all the time. When you're indoors, quality of your air is about five times worse than the quality when you're out in the fresh air. Combo that with a lack of sunlight if you're hiding the whole time. Get that vitamin D deficiency and bad air all the time. You're going to get sick. It's just going to happen. And then here is the number one way to cut your risk to zero. And you're going to hate me for it. You have to get to a healthy weight. There's a lot of people that say, oh, I'm perfectly healthy. Or my cousin was perfectly healthy. Or my aunt was perfectly healthy. Or my great-grandfather was perfectly healthy. And then they died from whatever. And you could say COVID too. If you're fat, you're not healthy. If you're obese, it's worse than being a smoker. It's worse than being an alcoholic. It is like the worst thing for your health, being obese. you got to be at a good weight to cut your risk to zero. I've, I've struggled with weight my entire life. See, when I was really little, I was picky. There were also periods of time where we just didn't have much food. So I was skin and bone, totally skin and bone, rails, ribs, out, the whole nine. We got some financial stability in a full uh, pantry. And I just started getting fat. And you know what? My dad was big. His dad and whole family was big. And I kind of just connected it to my family. But on the side, I was always trying to get into shape, right? And I had doctors say, eat more vegetables, exercise more, and variations of that. So I understand the plight of people who are overweight because I was overweight forever. And I took that advice. I ate a lot of vegetables, and I exercised a lot. And guess what happened? I was a fat person who ate a lot of vegetables. I was a fat person who exercised a lot. I was a fat person who was flexible, you know. So 
The advice didn't really help that much, but I knew I had to do something. So anyway, uh, a number of years ago, I decided that I was really, you know, going to commit to it when I was uh, younger, a teenager, later teenager. And so I went absolutely bonkers exercising and I got myself into pretty, pretty good shape, really good shape and, and a decent weight. But that did not last. I ran out of time. I couldn't exercise at a crazy high level every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And then I basically gave up on that. Got a desk job with my family. And I got fat, like big fat. Okay. My picture is um, for this episode is going to be my before and after from when I was at my absolute fattest. And I decided, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to get really into researching what to do to get rid of this body weight, the fat. And hilariously, I had I'd been waking up at like 5.30 in the morning to exercise for like a full year leading up to that picture. So the, the picture, the first picture, that's me after waking up at 5.30 a.m. five times a week for a year to exercise. And you would never know because I was just so fat. The aesthetic was awful, but I was really strong. <laughs> I was quite flexible. I was in really good shape, but super fat. Um, once I figured out what to do, the math and science around getting rid of the fat, and I dialed into doing that, I did it a bunch of different ways. So I found a program that really helped me um, with the baseline of the diet, and then I tweaked it here and there, and I, I did a bunch of different things for the exercise. But point is... I lost 85 pounds in seven months, and people thought I was dying of cancer. No bull. Like, and the funny thing is, I'm 6'4", okay? So, as a 6'4 male, my life expectancy is in the mid-60s. That's just reality. And then you want to add a bunch of comorbidities on that, being way overweight, not eating well, and all that stuff. You're not looking good. So I had to really go for it. And man, I did. I got completely unemotional and I owned it. I was like, hey, look, I'm fat. And because I'm fat, I'm going to die. So, because I don't want to die, what do I have to do? And then I looked into that, I figured it out. And, and I just unemotionally went for it. And there were days where you did everything right and then you gained weight. And you do everything wrong and you lose weight and you're just like, okay, what's going on? So you just have to commit to whatever the program is. And this episode is not about how I did it specifically. I, if people care, maybe I can go into that later. But the point is, I was honest with myself and I took responsibility for my health. And then I fixed it. And if you look at that second picture, that guy, I was in good shape. I was strong. I was fast. I was flexible. I ate really nice, really clean. And I'm 6'4". Know about calisthenics. When your arms are that long, I could do 14 pull-ups, 67 push-ups, and I could run for two miles without a break. There's a lot of people in way better shape than that. But with my body composition at the time, and then to be in that good of shape and to eat the way that I ate, I was in very, very good health. Now, here's something that I learned from them. I really didn't trust the experts and the doctors who told me what I was supposed to be doing because they were just wrong. And the ways that I found worked a lot better. 
And there were experts that had recommended a lot of the things that I tried. But the point is that it was a second opinion from what was recommended. Other part of that is that a lot of the health and fitness industry is for money. It's for profit. So it's not so much about getting you healthy as it is about getting you to continue doing whatever the thing is and generating an income for that. With that knowledge and having just totally revamped my life and my health and getting myself to a really good spot. And now I had maintained that quite well for a couple of years. And then COVID hits, right? And then all of a sudden you don't get a second opinion. You just have someone saying, you have to do this for your health. You have to do this. And I already know first opinion usually isn't perfect. I'm going to look somewhere else. So when they said to do this, I did. I complied. When COVID hit, my son was just born three months earlier, and we had no knowledge of what was going on. I just saw the videos and the pictures of dead bodies in the streets in China. And I thought, holy shit, this is like zombie apocalypse. People just drop when they get this thing. So we locked the doors. We put everyone in the house. And I was the only one that went anywhere and did anything. Washed my hands before I went anywhere. Washed my hands before when I got back. I was very, very careful. And then over a little bit of time and a little bit of my own research, I started to see the holes in the story, the ones that are coming to the light now and have been for a year. But I, I was so interested in trying to figure it out that I, I guess I just knew way before. And then I've just been watching everyone lie up until this point as it becomes more and more clear. So when they said wear a mask, I did. I absolutely did. I did it at the store. I did at work. And it seemed like it was a very short-term thing. And it was interesting because people had already started wearing them. And then the media and some experts had said, hey, yeah, that's not a good idea. That They don't really work for viruses. And they explained why. And then I looked into it, and I was like, oh, yes, they are right. These don't stop viruses. They don't work. They don't. And there are unintended consequences and symptoms that you can get, issues that you can have, sicknesses that come with masking incorrectly or masking at all. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to do that. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, everyone needs to wear one. And then we need to wear two. And I'm just sitting here totally perplexed because I just did all this research and agreed with them that they weren't perfect. They were far from perfect. They actually didn't work at all for this purpose. And then they just turned around and started lying to everybody. And so I didn't believe it. I guess I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent here. My biggest point is you can cut your risk of death from COVID by becoming perfectly healthy. For some people, that's a really long journey. For some people, that's an impossible journey. And for some people, they're already there. Now, we've already confirmed that wearing these masks and getting these shots will not stop the spread. It does not. Anyone that's still buying into that, your, your credibility for intelligence and independent thought is shot because you're not following the data. You're not following the science. You're just echoing the Walmart loudspeakers, okay, or the view which is just as embarrassing. Stop it. So since you can't stop the spread, what, what do you need to do? You need to survive and do whatever 
you feel like is best for survival. But if you make yourself perfectly healthy, you will survive. Vitamin deficiencies, eliminate them. Get some sunlight. Eat some nutrient-dense food, fruits and vegetables. And you got to get your weight under control. This is a fat country. Two-thirds of us are overweight. One-third are obese. That puts two-thirds of us at high risk right there, or at least more risk than zero. Here's the last part. Life's not fair. I knew um, I had a family member, one of the best, one of the genuinely best people I've ever met, just a very caring woman, super nice, super sweet, and probably in the best shape of anyone I knew. This woman woke up and ran every day before the sun. She did aerobics. She taught yoga. She was just insanely in good shape. One day in her 40s, she had a stroke and died. Like in the same day. Out of nowhere. You know how discouraging that is? When you're like trying to consider getting into really great shape and being super healthy. And then you have the perfect specimen of health just drop. And then you got John Madden. God rest his soul, because he has just passed. He's my height, 6'4". He died at 85. He's been fat forever. Are you kidding me? John lasted that long. Holy hell. That does give me a lot of hope. It really does. But the point is, A, you got to own it. You got to own it. So to say, oh, well, I would be healthy if not for blank. I would be thin if not for blank. And listen, I was fat my whole life. I, I know all the reasons, all the excuses, all the everything. So I could talk to you fatties personally, okay? You and me, we're in this together, all right? But until you stop blaming someone or something else, you're not going to get your health under control. It's just not going to happen because you're giving all the power to whatever you're blaming, taking all the power from yourself. See, if it's your fault, your responsibility you have all of the power to fix it. And that applies to everything. That's not just the weight. The bad news, like I said, this doesn't apply to everyone. There are people who take risks that they think are worth it, getting pregnant. And then the aged people, you're over 78. My mom works at a nursing home. So she's a nurse practitioner. Cuomo gave the go-ahead to throw all of the COVID-positive patients in with her aged patients most of them got covid like half of them died it was a slaughter okay in the beginning and that was before they had early treatment options it's rough stuff the point of all of this is that it has been overwhelmingly proven that what they're offering is not the solution and some people are mad about that and that is very understandable some people have buyer's remorse also understandable. But at the end of the day, we have to move on. We have to move forward with life. And I'm hoping that I can give a little bit of motivation for what seems to be the biggest comorbidity that everybody at least knows somebody with. So you may not agree with everything I say, and there's science that 
agrees with me and disagrees with me. There are different opinions. But the numbers are pretty conclusive that if you are in perfect health, you're not going to die from COVID. So I say, buckle up. New year, new you. Go get that perfect health. Get that perfect health for your kids. Bring them along the way so they can be in perfect health. And if you know somebody who needs a fellow fat person to tell them, hey, you can do it. You just need to figure out why first. Pick a process. Get unemotional about it. And then just go for it. You will be so glad that you did. I hope this helps some people. Please share it. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at F2T Podcast. See you next time.